We don't know who's been infected, but someone here is not what he or she appears. I've spent my entire life hiding this, Captain. Is that something you can just change overnight? The program is complete. Natalia, you knew, no longer exists. I but, you but, he or she but. Hello, Internet. And welcome to Who Are You, a Babylon 5 watchcast hosted by two friends who have gotten to know each other over the show Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. And I'm Laura. And today we are going to play a little plot poker. Yeah, this this um, is the debut of that name, isn't it? It is the debut of that name. We've done this segment a couple of times now. And there is an excellent story about it and where the name comes from on our Discord. And I will not shortchange anyone from going and discovering it, <laughs> which is also my way of just pushing you to go to the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Join our premium club that doesn't cost anything. <laughs> cost a dime. We're doing this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a very good story about how one of our friends in the Discord came up with the name Plot Poker. Yes. We really their, appreciate Their it. name in the Discord appears to be a real name, so I won't say it on air to respect their privacy. But yes, excellent name. And we really liked it. And mm -hmm. we both read it and we're all like, well, we have to use yeah, this. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. It was perfect. <laughs> it was decided. Yeah. So that's what we're running with. Plot Poker is the name of this segment. Yeah. So what do we do in Plot Poker, Jafar? So we have a bunch of packs of the old Babylon 5 collectible card game. And we're going to open a couple more. We got four packs sitting in front of us each right now. The last of our box of the premiere set. We're going to buy a box of uh, the next one, the Great War. I can't wait. Here. Hopefully we will. Don't go on eBay and buy them before we have a chance. Yeah, that would be very listener. rude. Don't do it. We're about to give you some very crinkly audio as we open these and things. And so we're going to go ahead and open up some packs and add cards to one of four piles that we have in front of us. We have a, and not necessarily character because there's groups and things. Like, in fact, I just opened my first pack and religious cast is the first card I have. And that's Good going group. in this first pile yeah. of, of subject matters, as it were. A thing, a person to arrive at the station to cause a problem, which is our second pile. Our problems are then solved in our third pile of deus ex machinas. And then the final pile is the twist. We will each draw one from each pile and use it to craft a fake episode of Babylon 5, which we will then rate on a scale of Babylon's 1 to 5. <laughs> All of our episodes are Babylon 5, so right? <laughs> I mean, we had our last one was a pretty good episode, I feel. Let's see here. Okay. Oh, that's a fun little problem. I got the Na Colleen feeder. Ah, oh, damn. The, I know that's in one of my piles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, I got a discount Keith or Sutherland from a couple episodes. Not Keith or Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Lord Valho. He got killed pretty quick, right? Or no, am I thinking of somebody else? He supervised the duel between Londo mm. and his buddy. All right. You finding anything fun so far? I got some nightmares. You know who the face of nightmares is? It is not Sheridan from that episode where he had nightmares. It is Sinclair. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Weird. From the episode where he had nightmares. I just I got a Rifa in the chair. 
Some power posturing. Let's see. A war by popular decree. That's terrifying. Hey, I finally got John Sheridan. Hey, I don't have a John Sheridan. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. I also have one just called Human Captain. <laughs> so generic. I don't think I've seen this captain yet. I don't recognize him. All right. Well, in the A plot of our story, and I'm going to flip these cards over as we go. So if I stutter for a second, I apologize. I'm making something up. <laughs> Minister Malachi, the Centauri Prime Minister, is involved in some issues with the Markab fleet. So the Centauri have a Markab fleet. It's one of the few remaining Markab fleets. They, they fleed the planet and actually didn't have the disease. Oh, so we still have some alive in this universe. Wonderful. There's a, there's a, there's a couple alive. They find there's a handful of ships and they hear of everything that's happened and they don't want to go to any of their Markab planets Fair. because they're so worried about the disease spreading there. And they figure they'd all be dead by now if they had it. So they must be safe. Mm -hmm. So they reach out to Minister Malachi of the Centauri Republic to secure a place for them to just be. Okay. One of those old colony planets, maybe? Yeah. They are not particularly happy about this. They're like, look, you got this disease thing. Mm. We're not 100% about what's going to happen with it. We really don't feel comfortable there. And how this is resolved is a base is established, which is actually a very convenient pot point for this story. They end up, a couple of the groups of the non-aligned worlds come together and establish a base in neutral territory, just kind of a small settlement for these Markab to go live on. Oh, well, that's nice of them. And in a twist... When the Markab arrive at the base, it's kind of an old structure there. They find some ruins, and there they find one of the lost triluminaries. Oh, crazy. What's it doing out here? That's so crazy. Yeah. What were the Minbari up to? Plot points, plot points, plot points. Okay. Well, in the B story of this episode, Warren Keffer finds himself entangled in some internal strife with Earth back home. So he gets himself, you know, into, he go, maybe he goes and rescues a ship that's near Babylon okay. 5 space. And it turns out that these people, whoever's on the ship, is wanted by Earth Alliance. Like, okay. they're, they're a persona non grata, and there's an order for their arrest. But the command staff on Babylon 5 decide to exploit some opportunities that they have with some other, some of the ambassadors, like perhaps Ambassador Delenn, to help get these people to safety because they think that these people can help them uncover the conspiracies back home. You know, we're very worried about these conspiracy theories that Sheridan's been tracking. Mm -hmm. And so they take the moment to uh, utilize the new, the new Ranger Force that Sheridan has right. uh, recently gotten in command of and exploit that to get these people to safety. But all of this ends with, you know, Earth, Earth Alliance and President Clark have been kind of routed. And in their anger and retaliation for this, they start a purge of the disloyal back home. Mm. Yeah. So... It ends on a sinister note as some of our potential allies back home are taken out. Okay. How do you feel about this episode? Mm, I feel like this is a, a pretty standard episode of Babylon 5, right? It does feel pretty standard. Maybe nothing special. Might be nice to visit the Markab again because they're just gone now. So it might be nice to get a little bit of hope. 
I am interested to hear more about the progression of the Earth storyline there, too, with the purging of the disloyal. And I'm glad Kiefer finally gets something to do that's not be terrible. That's not fair. I, he's he's not terrible. He's not like a bad person. He's just boring as shit. Yeah, he gets a lot of these, like, set something in motion, but yeah. not really resolve it. Be there lines. for the important thing, but not when it actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is an ep- uh, a Babylon 3 episode to me. That's fair. Yeah. Feels real Babylon 3 out of 5 to me as well. Yeah. Big average energy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that was a average episode of Babylon 5 that we created in Plot Poker. What do we think today's episode is going to be like? What do we have? We have season two, episode 20, Divided Loyalties. Mm-hmm. We open on Delenn and Sheridan picking up their personalized editions of Universe Today. Your best source for information on events shaping the universe around us. This is very cute. This is fun. It's not just, you know, meet cutie, which it kind of is, because we, we know that it they're yeah. getting cutesy together. But also this idea of a newspaper kiosk where I go and I recycle my old one. And then I get a fresh printed personalized edition of the news. Mm-hmm. It's a very 90s idea. It's got to smell good. Yeah, it's a very 90s idea mm-hmm. to think that uh, paper newspaper is still going to be around. Mm-hmm. But I'm here for it. I, le- I mean, I'm the person who has tried ebooks and completely shunned them because I miss the feel, the texture of paper in my hands. I'm very much, I will not read digital versions of books. I only am interested in reading physical copies of books. It is part of the experience. I definitely read a physical book better than I read an ebook. I I retain the material better just holding something. I don't know what my problem is. I mean, I'm not going to yuck anyone's yums. Mm -hmm, For sure. I mean, I love a good, like, oh, I can just check this out for my library on my tablet right now. Okay, that's great. But (laughs) there's a lot of books that I want to own because I want to read it better. So, okay, yeah, they get their personalized newspapers. Mm -hmm. Sheridan's got extra baseball news. He wants to know about that World Series. Yeah, very cute. Delenn's extra is the Ion Minbar section. Yeah, there's a little bit about how, as a Minbari culturally, it's tradition to just know what you need to know Mm -hmm. and to just trust society with that. And then she notes that she gets to find out stuff before she needs to know from the paper. Uh Yeah, so even though she kind of speaks of her culture all the time as like, this is how we do it, and it's wonderful, and it works. She kind of admits mm-hmm. here, like, yeah, it does kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like knowing stuff. Uh, we cut over to Mars, and we see a ranger get a data crystal who needs to get it to Babylon 5. Yeah, we're in, like, a sewer and yeah. flowing water, and there's a hot pursuit happening. Those Mars sewer sets will see some more use. Yeah. <laughs> we get a big, like, many Bothans died to bring you this information kind of vibe off this guy but yeah and we go to theme we come back to a random conversation about missing trees in a bathroom Uh, (laughs) i mean okay here's the thing i do love that on babylon 5 we know what bathrooms look like like i do love this because you think about deep space nine and it's like i don't know yeah they just they they beam the poop out of people i'm against the whole idea yeah, <laughs> they're not bold enough to do a bathroom scene in Star Trek. Yeah. Like, okay, that's not true. I know there's been bathroom scenes. Don't come at me. But we get the Pac Marah use only toilet, which yeah, <laughs> this Pac Marah comes out of the toilet and he does this little like 
pee shivers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't stop laughing. Like, <laughs> So we, we now know about the Pogmara on their pea shivers, and they need a special bathroom. It's the little things in Babylon 5. <laughs> it's the world building. Yeah, I mean, that, that world building, top notch. But, like, why are we talking shop at the bathroom again? <laughs> well, I mean, Garibaldi is, like, low-key scanning for listening devices uh-huh. in the background. And then gives the all clear. So they're just in an area that they assume won't be bugged. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Can you imagine bugging the bathroom and then being the person that has to sit there and listen <laughs> to the bug in the bathroom? No. <laughs> nope. Uh, there's a reason I don't work for the NSA. And there's a bunch of other stuff, but that's on the list. Yeah, it's obviously. It's near the bottom, but it's on the list. Well, I don't blame you. And... God, if you're the NSA agent, you know, because they're, they're all up in our phones, right? And all the people yeah. that use their phone in the bathroom. And I'm not talking just to, like, play games, but, like, talk to other people <laughs> on the phone in the bathroom. I don't know how how often that comes up in the men's restroom, but it comes up a lot in the ladies. Yeah. It's weird, and I don't like it. I don't, in an airport once or twice. Mm-hmm. I, I I think part of it is I just really dislike public bathrooms. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, at work, I will purposely go to a floor that has almost no one on it when I'm in the building Yeah, to use the bathroom because it is fresh. Mm-hmm. Like, I will turn the light on for the first time. The seats still have, like, the cleaning, like, paper on them and stuff. Yeah. You know it's, you're breaking the seal. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man, speaking of this bathroom, like, what's with the the <laughs> blinky lights of above the urinals? <laughs> I was cracking up, but I love this bathroom. We we got to use this bathroom set all the time. <laughs> we we see it a couple times, yeah, and we we've seen it before too. But uh, after they get the clear that there are no listening devices in the room, they talk in earnest about bringing Talia into their resistance cell, and then like, oh, no reason, but let's wait like. Four days. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. You know, let's wait four more days just to make sure she's not a traitor. No reason. (laughs) Definitely not ruining the entire plot of the show. Right. Definitely not. Definitely probably not. Yeah. So speaking of Talia, uh, she and Susan are having a nice dinner or lunch or something. Oh, it's breakfast. Oh, even better. Breakfast. There's nothing to read into yet. Right. Right. There was a lot of, a lot, a lot of internet commentary about what does and does not happen in this episode. Eh, And there are some very specific notes about it. So when we get there, we'll get there. Okay. So, you know, Susan gets a call. She's got to get off to work. But as as she's leaving, Talia mentions, hey, like, I got to find a place to stay for tonight because something's messed up. The the air recycler or something is messed up in her suite. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was like, well, you just come stay with me. Let's have a sleepover. Yeah, just go crash at my place. Pillow fight. (laughs) I have an actual shower. So, yeah, they're going to have a sleepover later. And Ivanova heads to CNC, where there is a ship that came out of the jump gate. Mm -hmm. But it's not moving. Something's wrong with it. Yeah. I mean, the last time this happened, everyone on it was dead. So I don't know why they dock with it. (laughs) Not a good idea. (laughs) Right. Um, They do. But hey, they do. Yeah, they bring it in. There is one person alive. We know that. There's somebody alive and unconscious on this ship. Mm -hmm. And as Franklin and Garibaldi are checking it out and the unconscious person is being brought off the ship, we see that it's Lita Alexander. She's back. Garibaldi reminds everybody what happened with Lita Alexander, you know, the history with Kosh mm-hmm. that she 
stuck her hand inside the suit and then touched Kasha's mind. Yeah, she thought she saw Sheridan trying to murder him, but it turns out it wasn't Sheridan. And we got through a whole pilot. Yeah, nice little recap of the pilot, yeah. Yeah, so they take her to med lab, but when she becomes conscious, she is going to have none of Franklin's medicinal head stroking. It's all right, I'm a doctor. Nope. She is not into it, and she is very upset. She yep. she grabs like a um, some sort of a medical device, Scalpel, knife, some kind of. It looks sharp to me. Yeah, it looks like it's got a pointy end, and threatens Franklin with it, and says that she will not be alone with any one of them, and she needs yep. to talk to Sheridan right now because somebody on the command staff is a traitor. Dun dun dun. They discuss in Sheridan's office, and she catches the command staff on what she's been up to for the last two years. She wants to get to Vorlon space and was working with the Mars Revolutionary Group, just has like a side gig to earn money. Mm-hmm. When she intercepted a message about the Psycor sleeper program, implanting a personality so deep that it can't be found, but a telepathic message with the key can cause it to surface, essentially deleting the person and replacing them with someone new. Mm-hmm. Lita offers to try the password on the staff. And those close to them. She knows somebody here has got the sleeper personality. They don't. Mm-hmm. They didn't find out who, but we know it exists, and we know one of them is here. What do you think the password is? Kumbaya. Oh man, that would be fun to know, wouldn't it? Yeah, we don't. We don't know what the password is. Hmm. I hope it's something stupid or something maybe literary, maybe like Jabberwocky or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe something unrelated. It's got to be like a word that you wouldn't just. Well, it can only be telepathically sent. Right. It can't overhearing it is not enough. It has to be sent directly into the mind by a telepath. Yeah. So it's not like you just stumble across it and all of a sudden your your sleepers awakened. Yeah. But we've seen like Bester just talking in people's minds all the time, Mm -hmm. like very rudely. So it has to be a word that you wouldn't just say. Mm -hmm. Like you'd have to know that this happens. Yeah. Especially probably with other cultures. Is it the same word for every sleeper? Because that's a long password Ooh. spreadsheet to keep up with. If yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of Excel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your VLOOKUP is off by one letter and it just throws the entire thing. Use index match. Pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> you're transmitting and you're transmitting. It's not working because you've gotten off one line. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Sheridan goes to meet with Delenn in the gardens. And this is where it becomes clear about the continuity in this episode. Yeah. Because Yeah, they talk about the more colorful parts of language. Mm-hmm. And we get the the classic Abzafragenlutely yep. that Delenn dropped on us in the previous episode on HBO Max. Fix it, HBO Max. <laughs> That's the next Babylon 5 hashtag, right? Yeah, for sure. We'll get JMS on that tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure By he By the has... way, while you're not mad at me. <laughs> I'm sure he has nothing else to do. <laughs> Doesn't seem like a particularly busy guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so they, they're talking about language. He gets called away. Garibaldi and Sheridan talk for a bit, and maybe his second was the sleeper, and he was already activated. I mean, that is a really easy theory to jump to, right? Like, yeah, and it would sure make Garibaldi feel better, right? About yeah, that whole about business. missing all of the obvious stuff in hindsight. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a comforting thought, but we wouldn't have much of an episode if that was the answer, would we? <laughs> No, but over in Ivanova's quarters, uh, she talks with Talia about Lita, 
and they knew each other, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, we find out Lita might have been a psychop, but she didn't have the taste for it. Yeah. She's got the eyes, those really dark eyes. Yeah. She could pull the look off for sure. The literally staring into your soul eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's funny that Talia's reaction is like, oh, I, I kind of knew her at school, you know, but she doesn't say, mm-hmm. oh, she was stationed here before me, right? Like, that seems <laughs> to escape her entirely, which is interesting. Yeah. You know someone's mentioned it to her. <laughs> yeah. It was in a brief somewhere for sure. Mm-hmm. Garibaldi asks Zach to move Lita, but then two other guards do it. Suspicious, Zach. Yeah. And someone attacks Lita. Ooh, who can we trust? Yeah. Now, okay. We've seen this. We know how this ends. Mm -hmm, Right. We saw this before, and we both remember how this ends. Sure. So there was no air of mystery for us watching this episode. Mm -hmm. If you are watching for the first time, like our friends over at Babylon 5 for the first time are. I'm really looking forward Aww. to them getting this episode. Yeah. But there's an important aspect that is missing here, which is the internet community okay. around the show as it was airing. Okay. And this is something that we can't replicate anymore because the show's been off the air for so long. Mm-hmm. And the internet community here knew that Takashima was supposed to be the sleeper. Oh, okay. Originally, Takashima was going to be the one who shot Garibaldi. And then later in the season, this would happen. So there wouldn't be the comeuppance immediately. Wow. You'd know Takashima was the traitor for like 15, 20 episodes. Yeah. Before anything happened with it. Everyone knew Ivanova replaced Takashima. Yeah. So And, they, hmm. and he had talked about Takashima was going to be the person when that episode aired at the end of season one, two, whenever they show us who it was. Mm-hmm. I forget if it was the f- season finale or the season premiere. JMS knows this. He knows the fans assume it's Ivanova. And that's why there's so much play with the sleeper being Ivanova in this episode. Yeah, I can totally see that. It It is meant to lure a very specific set of his audience into the false presumption that they are right. Mm-hmm. It was 100% designed that way. This is him saying gotcha to everybody on Usenet. Okay, okay. I do want to go ahead and ask. Do you remember being fooled by this? I mean, obviously, it's been a long time. Yeah, I don't remember this fooling me at all. I I didn't think, I don't think I remember, think, like, pinning Talia, because it's kind of out of left field Mm -hmm. at a certain point, especially because I was younger and wasn't picking up on stuff. It's very obvious that it's Talia to me watching it now. Yeah, yeah. I think, and obviously memory is imperfect, especially when Mm -hmm. I was a child when I watched this, but I feel like I always clocked it as Talia. And I think that was maybe just general distrust of Psychor. I think I thought it was Zach. Oh, really? To be perfectly honest, when I was a kid. Well, and you know, they they set Zach up in this scene as a possible. And Mm -hmm. also he's still doing the Nightwatch thing. And they point that out. And we... yeah have weird feelings about Nightwatch. We don't know what they're up to yet, but it can't be good. So Yeah, and Zach, I mean, as a kid, I didn't understand this, but Zach just kind of shows up and then just starts keep showing up. Yeah. And knowing that Jeff Conway was actually a famous actor and that this was fun for him and all of that stuff was completely lost on me as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I had no idea who he was. He was just a dude who showed up and then kept showing up after everything went to shit. Like things start going to shit 
Jeff Conway shows up. <laughs> and so it's just like, it's Zach. It's totally Zach. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. I didn't, I didn't even think about Zach being a possibility until you mentioned <laughs> just now that, hey, he wasn't present. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Shit, he wasn't. So anyways, Lita escapes the attack and goes into hiding. Sheridan is going to let her do the password thing, but they have to find her and protect her. Lita reaches out to Delenn for help since she wouldn't be compromised by Psychor. Mm -hmm. They had worked together before, so they had kind of a standing relationship. Yeah, she has good feels about Delenn from the pilot. Yeah. Ivanova and Talia catch up where she is afraid to tell Sheridan and the other senior staff about her latent telepathy. So this is something Talia has known about for a while. Yeah. She confided this in Natalia a while ago, but it's not something that Sheridan has known. Yeah. Sheridan does not have any idea. Did did Sinclair know? I feel like. I think Sinclair I knew. I feel think it like... came up in that one episode where he was demanding everyone get scanned. Yeah. And she had the weird vision about her mom, the weird dream vision thing. Mm-hmm. With uh, Lou Welch as one of the, the guys in her dream with oh, a mask Oh, yes, on. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we did talk to Daddy Sinclair about it, but Sheridan yeah. hasn't come up yet. So Delenn catches up with Sheridan and passes along the message from Lita. Uh, Vanova is waiting for Sheridan in his quarters. They do a really great cut, uh, like a take, where like he just like rushes past her as she's sitting on the couch, and then it's all like you see her in the background, but... It's just like how it would happen in real life where you just like, you don't expect anyone to be there. You walk right past them and then you see them and you're like, oh, hey, and you stop and you turn around. Mm -hmm. I speak from <laughs> personal experience at us in Las Vegas. Right, right. Two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it felt like that to me. Yeah. Very uh, real. Very believable. Yep. She, she tells him the truth that she's a latent telepath, all that stuff. He's like, why didn't you tell me before? And it's all like, fuck off. You know why I didn't tell you before. Yeah, like really. like <laughs> You don't ask someone why they don't tell you that they're a latent telepath, Sheridan. God. Yeah. It's not a question you ask in polite society. He's making it about him. He's like, why couldn't you trust me enough to tell me this? <laughs> what did I do wrong? Come on, Sheridan. Get it together. It's yeah. not about you. Right. I know you're the white dude in charge, so you think it is. <laughs> Word. <laughs> uh, he has a Kosh vision flashback to yeah. where Ivanova says something, the exact line from that dream. And before he can follow up on it, Delenn calls to get everyone together for Lita. Yeah. They start. Sheridan goes first. Then Franklin. And then Garibaldi is rude as fuck. Very rude. This You don't do this. <laughs> There's like, Ivana's is going to go last, and they start calling in everyone in close proximity to the senior staff. We get a cavalcade of extras. We see that Babylon 5 model all bronzed up in the office. Mm -hmm. You know who we don't see? Kiefer. <gasps> yeah, and he gets a credit and everything. <laughs> he yep. sh he should have been in this episode, by God. You could have had a moment mm -hmm. with him and Sheridan of, you know, Sheridan being like, not doing any more of your extracurriculars, right? Okay, good boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, run along. That would have been a good one. We get Corwin. That's he's a delight because yep. he makes me giggle. Lita leans into scanning Ivanova, who finally agrees. Mm -hmm. She's not the sleeper, and Lita knows her secret. Yeah, it's like you're blocking me. She like immediately knew. If there's one telepath who's gonna know your secret, the one who's like on the run is probably not the worst. <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, as long as they can stay ahead of Psychor and Psychor doesn't like drag it out of them later, you're probably fine. So, yeah, Talia walks in and blammo, just like instantly 
it's all like, oh, hey, Talia. And she just like, Lita just instinctively sends the password and Talia just loses her shit. She tries to kill Lita. Uh, she shouts a bunch of propaganda about the Kor's mother, the Kor's father, uh-huh. and just gets arrested. Like, it is just, oh, hey, guys, what's... Oh! Just starts blasting. We got two, like, really good unhinged performances out of both her and Lita in this episode. Because, you know, Lita kind of yeah. loses it when she's alone with Franklin. Which <laughs> I, I read in the notes that she had a baby three weeks before this was filmed. God bless her. That sounds right? hard. And she's like running around and doing shit. And I'm just like, dear God. That looks hard. And now I'm I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? There's a lot of like weird feelings you have three weeks after having a baby that you could really channel into that. <laughs> I, I will trust your word on that matter. At least in my personal experience, it's not the same for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get really good performances out of both of them to kind of cap, cap off Andrea Thompson's last episode. The senior staff gathers to figure out what's been compromised. Dr. Franklin's telepath underground is completely shot. Yeah. Uh, Talia was the one who protected it in the first place. It's done. Yeah. But I mean, they had kind of tapered that off. It, its presence was not on the station anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah. But Franklin might have have a bad rap to face with Psychor. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, it has just been smuggling Narn refugees for months at this point, too. Yeah, yeah. So they've been so. diverted. We get some flashbacks to remind us of Talia Kosh and the Vicar. Mm, yeah, we do. Garibaldi's like, I'm going to follow up on that. Mm-hmm. And then we never see Talia again. <laughs> yeah, I, I did wonder, like, since that is kind of a loose thread that didn't really get a resolution, like, what was the... Mm-hmm. What was the direction we were going with that? I don't know. It might be somewhere. I don't remember reading anything. Yeah. I don't know. And it's not um, apparent. It's not like obvious to me. Yeah. Where that could have gone. But, you know, it's maybe it was a back door to be able to bring her back later in some sort of form. Yeah. Presumably. Ivanova goes to see Talia, who confirms that the old Talia is fucking dead and the new Talia is the fucking worst. I love that we vamped up her hair for this. Like Talia's <laughs> hair Talia's hair has been, you know, very prim and proper, flat ironed, blonde. And it's Give me that hair cast, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> but now that she's evil Talia, we have puffed it up, we have vamped it up, and mm-hmm. we've made her sexier because she's evil. Which is now. of course the nineties female sci-fi version of the goatee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like, you know, vamped up hair. How we know this character is evil is either they have a goatee or they're very sexy now. God, did I say female? (laughs) (laughs) Can I cut that? Can can I can I retake that, please? Yeah, I feel gross. It's because it's because she's evil and gross. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm really mad at her for what she does to Ivanova. Yeah, me too. Like, I think Ivanova has you know, she's been through her own stuff. So I think she's like, knows she's in here doing this for herself. She knows that this person will not give her anything. Yeah. It's a hundred percent for her uh, because they sleep together this episode. Yeah. So it happens. Yeah. It, it is canonical. They bone this episode. It has not happened before. It happens the once. Mm-hmm. And it's the night where Talia wakes up and reaches over. Yeah. And Ivanova's not there, which is another thing that's there to make us think that Ivanova is the person who did the attack. Right. That's when. 
Yeah. That's when it happens. And very specifically, people were like, why didn't you make it more implicit? Why didn't you make them kiss? Mm-hmm. And JMS said, some people like to dip their toes in the water. I like to jump in the deep end. Yeah. I mean, I could see though where this could also be to kind of get past people. Like there's some, yeah. If you are a certain type of person, this is 1995. Right. Right. And if you're a certain has, type has of person, has the Roseanne kiss happened yet? That was the first lady kiss on TV, right? Was it? Was Roseanne? I don't know. I think so. This has got to be was before it the Space one on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. It's got to be before that. Oh, yeah, it'd definitely be before. I think, or maybe not. It might be a right around then. Yeah, okay. Well, they're, they're, the timing might be close. Maybe they're happening in parallel. We, we don't remember. But, yeah, you know, a middle America, a certain type of person who wants to pretend gay people don't exist can absolutely do that in this episode. Like, yeah. they're just two girlfriends, you know? You know, yeah. whatever. Like, <laughs> the, so. the stuff I read was not, why didn't you take the opportunity to be the first... A lesbian kiss on television. I didn't read anything about that, mm-hmm. so it has to had to have already happened by the time this aired. Okay, because no one was giving him grief about that that I could see. Yeah, so I don't know. I I feel like it could have been a little more explicit because it's definitely yeah. not something I picked up on as a child that there was romantic interest between the two of them. Honestly, not until rewatches, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, okay. That could have been a thing. I don't know. And if if this, if the reboot was actually like following the same characters and following the same sort of path, I think you would absolutely be bolder with this today. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a little bit left on the episode. Lita goes to see Kosh. Mm. Is the last thing that happens in the episode. Yeah. Uh, She's kept his secret. She's kept his secret in a place in her mind so deep and buried that no one could ever find it. And she let... Kosh sing her to sleep every night is the only time she would allow herself to remember. Hmm. And she requests to see him, the real him. Mm -hmm. And we get slow reflection in the glass of the breather (laughs) to credits. Yeah. Yeah, this is really mysterious and spooky. It is. We get that reveal soon, though. Yeah, we will. But it's at this point, it's like, huh, why is Kosh the most reclusive alien on the station? And, you know, mm-hmm. presumably that whole thing was a violation in some way. Just yeah. completely acquiesce. And he's like, yes, you can see me. He has yep. every reason not to, as far as we know. But it, it makes him just even more of an enigma and a puzzle that he just is like, yeah, of course. Yeah. To this telepath who just showed back up. After two seasons. I mean, you know, she, she touches mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had something special. Yep. How do you feel about this one on a scale of Babylon's one to five? Oh, man. I wish that the, you know, mystery had played well for me. Yeah. It just didn't for me. And I think that maybe if I was watching it in the context that you described of everybody having assumed that it would be the new commander character. Maybe I would have been fooled by that. But in this context, I don't feel like I've ever not known who the sleeper was. So for me, that kind of knocks this back into average territory. It's not a bad episode. Yeah. But it feels like that was so important to try to fool us. And it, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I like the conflict. I like 
Lita coming back. I like the dramatic way that Talia goes out. Um, yeah. Just it felt like that big plot point didn't hit me. Didn't hit for me. What about you? Agreed. Same. Uh, this is a three out of five. Right in the middle of the road for me. Yeah. Much like our plot poker episode. <laughs> stuff happens and important stuff happens, but it just feels like it's a mystery for the sake of the mystery. Mm-hmm. I can't hold uh, the time frame in which it was made and TV standards at that time against the show. Yeah. I can sure. hold them against TV executives all day and I do. <laughs> uh, but uh, I would have appreciated a more implicit telling of Ivanova and Talia's budding romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that to me is, is a big factor too. Like it's <laughs> implicit, just... not explicit to be clear there too. <laughs> it, it was just, you know, if we'd seen her a little more in the season, if we'd seen them having yeah. more breakfasts or running into each other more, working with each other more, having coffee in her quarters or, or, you know, having Just a glass of well, wine I mean, part of it often. was Andrea Thompson's availability. Sure. Wanting sure. to do more stuff, not being able to make it all the time. That kind of stuff was part of the problem. Mm-hmm. But for sure, even if it was just like Talia reaches over and we see like Ivanova getting up, mm-hmm. like just, just a little bit more, just like make it clear. Mm-hmm. Don't leave it up to debate. So you have to clarify it on the internet later. Yeah. Yeah. But I understand it's a product of the time, so I don't hold it for sure against it. You know, like a, a show like uh, Harley Quinn could not exist back then. Mm-hmm. People's heads would have exploded. Yeah. And speaking of which, Harley Quinn, if you don't watch fucking Harley Quinn, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm just not in the superhero versus like, that's a lot of investment. You, you don't have to be. Okay. It's it's n- completely unrelated to anything. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, especially this most recent season, their version of the Joker is the only version of the Joker I'm ever interested in ever getting screen time again. Okay. I'm down with that. There are some pretty tiresome versions of the Joker out there. A hundred percent. And this is the most interesting, refreshing take I've ever seen of the character. Okay. I'm interested. It Just, uh, and you mentioned, you know, there's a show like Harley Quinn now, like even in children's media which i consume a lot of having a child uh Mm -hmm. we've we've watched the owl house recently that's a cartoon on the disney network and Mm -hmm. the main character is a girl and she is dating a girl throughout the show like uh it's it develops in the show and it's natural and there's nothing weird about it and the show doesn't treat it like it's an anomaly or Mm -hmm not okay at any point. And it's just that representation that I think is good for those kids to be seeing so that they know it's yes, gay people exist and it's okay that they exist. Yeah. So Steven universe. So Steven universe. That's another one. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's the ways that I would change the episode if I could. All right. Well, next up we've got season two, episode 21. Comes the Inquisitor. Mm, yeah, this is an iconic episode, I think, but that doesn't mean I necessarily like it. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I have not watched it yet. I mean, okay. I, I watched it a while ago, but I haven't watched it 
as part of my notes and our, our run on the podcast. So we'll see how I feel about it this time. Uh, Jakar rallies the Narns on the station to uphold the resistance efforts against the Centauri. Delenn undergoes a torturous test of her allegiance to Kosh. Mm. All right. Well, thank you, Jeremy Siegel, for our lovely theme music. JeremySiegel42.bandcamp.com. You can find more of his work there. And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on the Instagram for our podcast artwork. Join the conversation with us on our Discord server, where we'll talk about all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then also shoot us some email over to whoareub 5 at gmail.com. We have our upcoming Season 2 recap. You've still got time, if you're listening to this episode, to get us your thoughts on Season 2. Yeah. And we would love to read those on the air. And then if you just got other stuff to say, we will save it for our next mailbag segment, which will be sometime towards the start of Season 3, probably. Yeah. Oh, and there's also two certificates of graduation from Michael Garibaldi's homeschool security waiting for us in there. Yeah. I, I, I printed mine up and put it up on the wall here. Oh, fantastic. I need to print in mine. My office. I got to get in yeah. there and print mine. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. See you next week, Internet. Bye.